Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wagner. For those of you that are new to the show, welcome. I'm so happy you found a space here, and uh, I hope you hear something that encourages you and inspires you along your artist journey. Uh, My name is Amber Wagner. I'm a working actor, and uh, it's interesting, the show that I'm on, I've talked about this before, and I've gone on both sides of the fence on this, so I'm just going to share where I'm at today. Um, when I first started, um, working on the show, bless this mess, my character was uh, number seven on the call sheet. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is the sweet spot. Five through seven on the call sheet. You still get to have a life outside of work. You're still in the show, but you're not in it from morning till night. And you don't have to have all the dialogue. Like that is the sweet spot. I claim it. And then I saw a business coach and I spent some time with her and I told her how my goal was to be five through seven on the call sheet. And she was like, whoa, she's like, do you ever want an Academy Award? Do you ever want an Emmy? Do you ever want one of those things? I was like, yeah, she's like five through seven on the call sheet isn't going to cut it. And I was like, oh, and so I revamped my thought process and started gearing toward, uh, you know, one through three on the call sheet. And guess what? I booked a job in a very short period of time where I was number one on the call sheet. And I was like, okay, that was a fun exercise. That was neat. And then the more I work in television, honestly, the clearer I am that like five through seven on the call sheet is actually my sweet spot right now. That may change, but right now my character is actually number eight on the call sheet. And yesterday I went in at 5.30 and I was wrapped at... 10 and I'm going in today at 5:30 and I'll probably be wrapped by 10. I'm not there all day every day but I'm still in the game. So I kind of love that. And again, that may change. You know, Oki and I wrote a script and we're getting ready to write the next script where if we were to play these characters, we would be working all day every day, like no doubt about it. And that's okay. I signed up for that. I wrote that. I wrote that character and, you know, I'll cross that bridge. But memorizing other people's dialogue to the effect of being one through three on the call sheet, that is a lot of work. Not saying I'm not capable of doing it. I'm saying today I'm okay with five through seven on the call sheet and maybe only being in a few scenes in the episode because I'm still in the game. I just want to be a part of the show. So, I wanted to share that today just because that's where I have been feeling. I, I, I like being able to do other things outside of acting, but still be acting. So where are you in your journey? What what are the things that you are wanting to manifest uh, as far as your journey? Are you wanting to get into more theater? Are you wanting to get into feature films? Are you wanting to book television? Like, what is it that you are working on? I always love to hear it. Amber Wagner, 777 on Instagram. So what I'm going to share with you today, it is Thursday at 8.40 a.m. right now. And I just finished reading a book called The Church of Baseball, The Making of Bull Durham, Home Runs, Bad Calls, Crazy Fights, Big Swings, and a Hit. And I'm a huge fan of Susan Sarandon so um, and Kevin Costner, and this movie is almost 40 years old, which freaks me the heck out. I think it was made in the 80s. Um, 
And if you have not seen Bull Durham, treat yourself to um, a day of joy or at least a few hours of joy. Hands down, one of my all-time favorite movies. And I don't like baseball, but even though it's set as a baseball movie, it's not a baseball movie. It's like he describes it as a Western um, in, a, in, a, in a funny way. Um, but anyways, it's Ron Shelton is the writer-director of Bull Durham, and he wrote this book about the making of the movie. And you know me, well, if you don't know me, um, I love the ins and outs, the nitty gritties, the behind the scenes, you know, all the podcasts that I listen to are about making content or actors journey on how they got from point A to point B. And to hear the ins and outs of um, making Bull Durham, I've <laughs> I've been the executive producer and starred in feature films. I know how hard it is. And he also was playing at a much higher level as far as budgets go. But there was a few nuggets in here that I took away and I've dog-eared several pages in this book because he is an actor's director and he's an actor's writer. And um, there's a few things in here that I wanted to share with y'all because I think they um, are good things to, to, to know. So he's talking about when he was casting Annie Savoy, who is the lead woman. He said, I wanted to find an actress who could show me things I didn't know. That's a principle of, um, that is a principle of casting that is critical on how I approach the process. I want to be able to hand a part to the actor and tell them, up until now, I know more about this character than anyone. Now it's yours. Show me all the things I don't know. I want to be surprised by casting. The audition practice, or excuse me, the audition process should be one of discovery, not just of finding a face to match what you need in your head. And then he goes on to give an ex uh, example. He says, a couple years after making Bull Durham, I wrote the female lead in White Men Can't Jump for an upper middle class woman from Smith or Bennington who runs away with a man she thinks is a rebel, warrior, poet, athlete, but five years later, he looks like a slacker slob. It does not say that she should be white, but it's kind of built into the character breakdown. The part went to Rosie Perez, who fit nothing in the character description. Not a line of dialogue was changed for Rosie, and the performance was far from what I had in my head. It was better. In the script, the character description was succinctly summarized when Rosie's character appeared on Jeopardy, and I rewrote the off-screen off line for Jeopardy announcer to introduce her as a former disco queen from Brooklyn. So much for the upper-middle-class white woman going to Smith or Bennington. So I love how he says, let me tell you how much I know about this character and I'm inviting you to tell me the rest. Oh, I thought that was just like a nugget, a nugget of joy. And he also goes on to talk about, you know, the, the casting process and, and how much goes behind the scenes. He says, um, auditioning is the most unnatural act. The actor doesn't have a clue what the director is looking for and has yet to make specific choices about how to play the scene. Play it big, play it small, underscore lines, throw away lines. Is it supposed to be funny? The actor's dilemma, dilemma is further confused by the fact that often directors don't know what they're looking for until they see it. If actors knew what was really going on behind the scenes, he said they might look for another profession. And he goes on for another paragraph, 
how so much of it is political, especially as you get into bigger budget movies. There's literally the A-list of actors that companies say, okay, these are the 10 actors that are the most bankable. And they try really hard to get those 10 actors in one of those 10 actors in the movie for business reasons. So it's not about the talent. It's not about, you know, um, the, the performance that they give. Oftentimes, the director, the producer have to fight for the actors that they see best fit for the role because the the financiers want the one that's the most bankable, not the one that that's that's the most talented, and that's rough. You know, uh, it's rough. It's a rough reality. Uh, side note: My dog is literally snoring uh, under the sheets next to me because. I'm still in bed in my bathrobe, and I was recently, again, total side note, it's been approached to me multiple times, why don't you do your podcast live? Why don't you do it like on air, you know, um, with, with visual as well as audio? And the truth is, I don't always want to get dolled up to be in front of the camera. You know, that is part of my job as an actor, but this podcast is for people to listen to while they're doing their dishes, on their long drives, while they're getting ready to go to an audition. Y'all don't need to see my face. You don't. <laughs> you can see my work when I'm on screen and you can watch my movies and you can watch my TV shows. You can listen to me right now. You don't need to see my face. It's not so cute right now. I can tell you that much. Um Okay, so I'm going to go on to just finish these last two paragraphs because they are golden, 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 golden. Okay, he says the audition is an athletic exercise. For an actor, it should be about going to the gym to work out, not trying to get the job. Job interviews are pressurized and inauthentic. Wanting a part too badly unleashes pheromones of desperation and it shows. Yes, we've heard that. I'm just repeating it from a director's mouth. And this is the golden gem right here because he talks about self-tapes. He said, Today these sessions are always taped. Even worse, the actor is often asked to self-tape and blindly submit their audition. This is a miserable excuse for a human engagement and unfair to the actor. It's also unfair to the director and producers who aren't getting to interact with live human beings, missing out on the energy, unpredictability, and spontaneity that can be more revealing than the line readings. If it were possible, I would never tape because that tape gets passed up the food chain to someone in the studio or network who passes instant judgment, having never been in the room to see what's possible. If Rosie Perez had been on tape, she wouldn't have gotten the job. Oh, 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 oh. so what are your thoughts on all of this? Please share with me, Amber Wagner 777 on Instagram, because I would love to have conversation about some of the things that are um, said here, because to me, they're nuggets. They are golden nuggets from the, you know, horse's mouth of somebody who's been in the business and who is working with A-list actors. So I've dog-eared a few more pages um, that I'll bring to you in upcoming episodes, but I don't want to sit here and just read a book to you for the rest of the day. Um, What I will do is close by uh, giving you the encouragement and the invitation that if what you're doing in your career, in your life, isn't working, do something different. What is it that you can do differently that you have been avoiding? Have you been avoiding taking a class? Have you been out of class in a while and just want to work your instrument? find a class find a local class that will inspire you do you need new materials do you need to update your resume or your headshots headshots crusty do you need new headshots whatever it is that you feel like you need to do to take your game to the next level 
do something different because there's that old saying, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. So I encourage you to step out with confidence. Know that April is just right around the corner. And what do you want to accomplish by the end of April so that by May 1st, which is my birthday, um, you will have said, uh, wow, look at what I achieved in a month because I said so. And that would be the best birthday gift to me to receive a uh, DM in uh, Instagram saying, happy birthday, Amber. I booked two jobs. I would be like elated. That'd make me so happy. Um, so just know that these are growing pains. These are growing times. And if it if it was easy, they wouldn't call them growing pains. They're called growing pains because it's not always easy. Growing new muscles hurts. Your muscles get fatigued. You feel like you need a massage. You need to feel like you need to rest afterwards because you've built these new muscles. Allow yourself to get messy because... If, if, if you are getting better at something, it's not always going to look good because you're trying new things. You're falling down and you're getting up. I encourage you to fall down and then have the, the strength and the desire to get back up and try again. That's it. I'm going to leave you with that. If no one else tells you today, I believe in you. Go create some miracles and always believe that you can. <sighs> Take it easy. Surrender to what is and enjoy blossoming into who it is you're becoming. I'll talk to you soon.